This episode is brought to you by the Lexus December to Remember event. Hey, Matt, I think there might be one more gift for your mom right there. It hasn't been a normal year, so this Christmas, get her something extraordinary during the Lexus December to Remember sales event. Nathan, you didn't. With flexible financing at 0% APR, there's never been a better time to buy or lease a new Lexus. Merry Christmas, baby. Are you kidding me, Nathan? Did you seriously buy a car without asking me? Well, because for Christmas... This is a major purchase! Right, but it, it was a December to remember. It's a Lexus! We don't have the money for this, Nathan! We don't? No, we don't! Your father doesn't... Your father hasn't worked since last March. What? Yeah, COVID has hit a lot of people hard, and I'm no exception. Nathan, you got fired in March 2019. COVID had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Hey, pal, I guess your old man's busted. Mm. Each week, our Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology and Professor David Day. That's me. I'm the foremost expert in scare no-nos, don't you know, no. <laughs> New theatrical releases, something, something. Older horror movies. Today, Christine, from 1983. I'm shifting into my New Jersey accent and fuck you. We've got a great show for you guys today. As I said, 1983, Christine. And uh, if you guys want to help out the show, check us out, HorrorMovieTalk.com. Links to everything over there. We have patrons who are super cool. And, um, oh, I just Googled patron. Um, (laughs) We have patrons who are super cool today. Um, the ones we we totally need to thank are Eric W., a close personal friend of both of ours and who has been on the show uh, in the past. Also, Shane M. and Taylor W. Thank you very much for supporting the show. We appreciate you. Of course, you know, they're not just giving us free money. They're getting a bunch of great shit. So head on over there to Patreon. Support us. Um, we post new episodes every single Wednesday. We have reliably for going on five years now. And um, so we would appreciate you dropping us one of those nice uh, Apple reviews or Spotify reviews or a pod chaser, whatever you listen to. Just toss us a thing. Call us at 682-253-4468. Hey, you know, Bryce. Uh, last Friday, 
we dropped a the f- volume four of uh, the Whores Only um, podcast. So we've been doing bonus episodes of this podcast where we answer your voicemails and dropping them as bonus episodes strictly for her pleasure. And uh, and that's been working out real well. So go ahead and look at uh, look at the for last Friday. We'll start out by giving a brief review on our score for Christine. We score on a scale of one to ten. One being a miserable dredge where it makes you so angry, and five being an average film that's just kind of like eh, and then ten being so good that uh, you know it should probably be up there with Goodfellas. Um, which is which has good in the name, so that's how good you know. That's how you know it's good. Um, <laughs> and then smart. later, of course, easy to do that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, really, more people should think about. it. I mean, Schindler's List was pretty good, but what if it was good Schindler's List? What if it was Schindler's Good List? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, <laughs> Schindler's Good List. <laughs> Like Santa Claus. <laughs> After we give our score, we'll get into You don't the want to get on Schindler's bad list. <laughs> on his naughty list. Schindler's bad list. Oh, man. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers, take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film later in this episode. We will be doing taglines. Um, so we watched John Carpenter's Christine... And we're treated to some good old-fashioned car calendar porn things. So, without any further ado, here is the trailer. Sonny, you ever owned a car before? No. I just got my license. Start her up. Her name's Christine. I like that. I saw you guys at the football game. How'd you forget that car fixed stuff like that? Oh, this plain old-fashioned hard work, huh? Ever since he bought that car, he's been obsessed with it. And you know what else? They told us the man who owned that car last died in it. What do you know about that car? I know that the guy who owned the car before, Arnie, his daughter choked to death in Christine. It's that car. I swear it's the car. How's Christine coming? Oh, Cherry. That's funny, you know, because I, I heard she was total. Well, after I cleaned up the broken glass, it wasn't so bad. So what if you, you fix it up, you know, and he just comes back and does it again? He won't do it again.
I can't believe that was the trailer, Bryce. Riveting. I'm blown away. It was great. Christine can be streamed with a Hulu subscription or rented in any of the digital places that you like. Or you could go out and buy it if you're one of those freaks. Um, synopsis for Christine is it, it, it's kind of weird. Um, but it's also, jeez, thinking back to last week, it's kind of it's kind of similar. A nerdy young man named Arnie, played by Keith Gordon, finds his soulmate in a 1958 Plymouth Fury. He rebuilds the car and in turn rebuilds himself as a confident, independent lad. Uh, young Arnie notices that girls are now attracted to him, and this turns him into a force of nature. But the real force of nature seems to be his car, nicknamed Christine. Christine seems to have a life of her own, a life centered around taking life from others. Arnie's mom and dad are worried about him. His friends are worried about him. Even his hot girlfriend, his hot stuff girlfriend, is worried about him. Anyone who crosses Arnie, though, is worried about Christine. Ooh. Everyone gets more classic cars than they bargained for. This coming-of-age tale is the inverse Stephen King screenplay to the movie we reviewed last week, known as Carrie, where a young girl gets her period and subsequently murders her whole school. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that's my... <laughs> okay, it's going to be one of those days, Bryce. Um, in Christine, we see a nerdy young man get that big dick energy when he finds something to obsess over, which is strangely true to life for males. Um, best of all, the ending sequence takes place on New Year's Eve. Oh, my God. It's a New Year's miracle. Christine isn't the silver screen powerhouse that Carrie is, but it's interesting when viewed back to back with its feminine counterpart. Uh, it's slow, sometimes tedious, and a little mellow for a movie directed by the same guy who brought us Halloween and The Thing. Uh, that being said, there was no part of Christine where I was upset with it. Uh, it really struck me how much of the sentiment of Carrie is in here. Arnie gets bullied relentlessly by bullies at school, and his parents aren't exactly cool either. Even the garage owner bullies Arnie around, kind of. Everyone's kind of bullying Arnie. <clears throat> in the end, Arnie doesn't find the power within himself like Carrie does. He imbues it into his work, which is a weirdly masculine trait, thing that I notice guys doing. Uh, where Carrie finds the magic within herself, Arnie finds it within other things. Arnie needs things and others in a uniquely masculine way. He needs acceptance. He needs a girlfriend. He needs Christine. Uh, Carrie doesn't need anyone. She just needs peace. And <clears throat> she has also had it with your shit. But Arnie has too. It's a solid movie about a car that has The Shining. And if that sounds like a good time to you, this is honestly something you will enjoy. Uh, this isn't anything mind-blowing. It is a... It does feel like a solid classic. You know, it feels like a solid early 80s movie, which it is. Um, John Carpenter's on it. The score's pretty good. Um, it's an interesting It's an interesting movie, um, and it's not terrible in any, any stretch of the imagination. Um, so I give this a 6 out of 10. What, do you, what was your impressions of uh, Christine? 
Yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, I, I I don't think it's necessarily a classic. I mean, people mention it, and I think it it gets a lot of cred just because it's a Stephen King adaptation, and it's pretty unique. Um, I think the the unique thing about it is it's such a dumb premise. It's like it's like a Full Moon Productions premise that's pulled off okay you know it's actually a movie has a budget but even then there's like it's still got some b-movie characteristics where you know sudden character changes happen between cuts you know it's like like one scene what was it like one scene christine was still like a shit heap and like his friend like was checking on the car at night and then seemingly the next morning it's like pristine and arnie is like the consummate greaser like, yeah he, steal your girl yeah mr was, steal your girl he went from he went from <laughs> an 80s nerd with with big thick rimmed glasses yeah. with tape around them to never like, needing glasses again. Right. <laughs> in in nineteen eighty three. Right. And uh yeah, I love like he was he's like, so no glasses, huh? And it's not like <laughs> this is the eighties. It's like, I don't think contacts were really a thing back then. But there was no mention of it. It was like, yeah, I'm just gonna be blind now. <laughs> that was just a choice, you know. Nah, he got, he got it. He got all that grease all over him, you know. He got it. He got into that, you know. He got his. He got in into that uh, d- elbow deep into that car, and he Oil was like, "Oil me up, daddy." <laughs> yeah. Oil me up, daddy. That's right. And then, and then Christine was like, "Oil me up, daddy." It's dinner time, and I'm a little soup boy, champa champa. <laughs> right. Um. What was the other? There was another jarring one where. Oh, man. What was it? Like, it, it was just like they, they had a conversation. Him and his friend had a conversation. And then, like, it cuts to the next scene, and his friend is, like, in a bulldozer, just, like, ready to destroy the car. It's like, okay. I mean, I guess we don't need much hand holding or, you know connective tissue between the, the main story beats yeah you know it's it, uh, it's like I'll, they shot the outline and they didn't actually fill out the script it is it is strange um once you start getting deeper into john carpenter's uh filmography um you you i mean it it is wild to see to see how good he he can literally make one of the best movies ever made ever of all time, like up up there with ev- anybody else, any any of the very best, and then he can also make this, which is just like, <laughs> uh, but but not only this, like worse than this, like he he can he runs the gamut. It's right. very strange, and it yeah. and it's not um, it's not clear to me why that is. I'm becoming more interested in Carpenter, um, <laughs> because just because of how much he fluctuates, you know. Mm. Yeah, but it was, I mean, it's a fun movie. Like, it's it's pretty goofy fun. I watched the last half of it with Aaron last night, 
and she had a fun time. And a lot of it was like, what, what's happening? Why, <laughs> why is that happening? And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just is. Yeah, no. But, uh, strangely, so the kid who plays Arnie was a pretty popular '80s um, actor, uh, Keith Gordon, and uh, and 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 this movie kind of carried over some of his, his energy. Um, cause he was in a lot, a couple Rodney Dangerfield movies, um, uh, you know, like best in class or whatever the hell it was. Um, the, you know, the, uh, the class one where they go to class. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it felt like just a goofy, goofy eighties movie, but it did have a decent budget and the effects were pretty cool. And, you know, I mean, some of, some of the, like, okay, a car that murders people, on its face sounds dumb as shit, right? You're just like, this is stupid. But they managed to make, um, I, in my opinion, like I was like, like, like the bully chase down scenes. I was like, damn, this is fucking cool. You know, like this is cool. So that was kind of interesting. Didn't didn't it get any points uh, for? Oh yeah, I mean definitely. That? Like John, I mean that's where sometimes John Carpenter can shine through. There's just like a couple badass moments that just really work with the. With a murder, so I mean, especially the scene at the at the gas station where she drives away like in flames. I'm like, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, um, dude knows cool for sure. Um, and another thing about like this kind of B movie plot is like the fun part of it is there's not really any rules. You know, it's like how does Christine kill people? Like, well, you know. And you're like, it just runs over people, right? <laughs> no, not just that. Oh, so it's like crushes them in her hood? No, it can actually eat them with the interior of the car. And then also it can just mysteriously make you choke on food. Yeah, it can. You know how like your seat can move up, but it can move up too far. <laughs> you know, like it can squish it can squish you by moving your seat up too far. It's it's preying on my latent fears of getting into the car after my wife has driven it <laughs> <laughs> without checking the seat. Oh man. Like step in you're like ah! oh, no. Um so yeah, so what are you giving it? I give it a 6 too. It's it's fine. Okay, well, uh, well, there you go. I think the, I think, yeah, it was, it, it was nothing. It wasn't anything to write home about, but um, it was definitely, um, you know, something interesting-ish. Like, I mean, I don't know. It, the fact that it's both King and Carpenter, that's kind of interesting, uh, right? Um, let me think here. I, I can't think. I can't think of anything else that they paired up on because like creep show was uh you know like a creep show was what do you call it um anthology movies uh for king's short stories whereas body bags was an anthology for carpenter's short stories and they were almost like body bags was almost in response to creep show i mean it was definitely in response to creep show um and I mean, I, there's no doubt uh, that uh, Creepshow is the better of the two. Um, but th- there's one or two of the of the stories in 
in uh, body bags, that's that's pretty good. But yeah, I can't think of anything else that they teamed up on. I'm sure I'm wrong. Uh, everybody, come at me. Um, let us know. Uh, and everybody else, you guys should check us out on Patreon. That's right, because if you just got done listening to some commercials, uh, you will undoubtedly listen to more. Um, and if if that sounds dumb, uh, well, then uh, you know, consider becoming a Patreon member for the price of a cup of coffee each one time a month. Six dollars uh, and a couple of cents. Every month, uh, you get to support us. You get to put some wind in our sails, help us out, um, help us bring cool stuff to the show, and uh, and you don't have to listen to commercials, and you get early access to episodes, and uh, you get access to the afterpods, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so check us out over there, patreon.com slash horrormovietalk. Um, also, you can check us out on horrormovietalk.com slash shop, buy stickers, coasters, shirts, we got all kinds of stuff, uh, all of it done by our resident artist, DG, as we call him, that, uh, Dick Glorious is, is what we, we say, Dustin Goble, he's a professional artist who fucks very hard, and he also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. So contact him at dgobel 0 That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram. Make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him we sent you. Call us at 682-253-4468. Um, you know, Bryce, my voice today, sounding, it's dynamic. I got that post-cold depth, you know? I got, I got a lot of stuff I can do with it. Be like, oh, hey, baby. Oh, yeah. Thanks again for listening, and let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. No one ever accused us of being good or, um, you know, anything, really. Well, they've accused us of certain things. So we start out, Christine, with one of my very favorite tracks of all time. We got George Thorogood coming through with Bad to the Bone, baby. And uh, they end it that way, too. Um, There's kind of this theme throughout the movie uh, where Christine... Okay, so, okay. There's a couple interesting things here. So number one... You, when you think of a classic car, what do you think of? You, Bryce. Um, I mean, the go-to is probably like a 60s Mustang. Okay. So for me, it is literally this car. It is the Plymouth Fury, like from the late 50s. I think the, you know, I think gussied up 50s cars turned into hot rods. That's what I think of. I mean, they are great. I mean, it's... Uh... Not no denying that's a pretty, pretty sick car. No, it's definite. Yeah, it's just strange to me because this is 1983, and and the year in this movie is 1979, I think, uh, or something like that. And um, and they also think of the Plymouth Fury as being like the ultimate classic car. Yeah, I mean, like, what would? Yeah, it'd be like if right now 
what people thought, what the kids thought was like the sick classic car would be like a Mitsubishi Eclipse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> An Eagle Talon. I mean, you're not far off. Like Honda Civics, you know? 90s Honda Civics. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like the it's more of the ricers than hot rods. Whoa. Hey, Bryce. Was that racist? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, See, so for this for this uh, review, you'll see uh, me act like I know anything about cars. Bryce likes to do this. He likes to pretend like he's very, very ignorant when really he's just a little ignorant. You know, this is how because if you're extremely smart, if you're if you're Bryce levels of smart, when you feel a little dumb on something, you're. <laughs> You know, you you like you're like I'm so stupid about this. No, I think you're I think you're a lot. I think you got a lot more uh, car knowledge than uh, than you think you do. For like the amount of like I have no car knowledge. Like I can I know like the names of them. I don't have any idea what to do under the hood. You know, like I know the batteries. You know, I can charge up the battery. I understand See, the, the difference is that you've. You've modified your car before. You've participated in modifying your your truck. But and that's the, but 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 it's all like bolt turning stuff. It's not yeah, it's not I mean, like engine for me, stuff. If it if it like comes to turning a screw like I mean changing the headlights for me is like uh, hmm, do I really want to do that? Well, do you want to? Yeah, sure. That makes sense, but you can do it. Yeah, I and I have done it, but like once it involves like removing the battery to get to the light, I'm like, I'll just go to the oil change place and make them do it. Well, yeah, but but you're literally just talking about desire to do something. You could do all. Well, of yeah, I'm I'm saying my desire is so low that I I just shut my brain off if like there's anything wrong with the car. I have zero interest in learning what's wrong with it or how to fix it or like the the concept of buying an old car and fixing it up like i like the idea of having an old car that's fixed up but like putting any effort into it whatsoever is like eh, no nah, i just want to go and buy a car and have it work what did you think about my analogy <clears throat> between carrie and and christine yeah yeah did you feel any of that coming while watching the movie i should say no none of it no because it's like i mean carrie is very much a coming of age movie and this is not i wouldn't term this as a coming of age like arnie doesn't come of age he comes of being an asshole like it's like a transition you're describing coming of age for dudes you're describing I I, i think being self-actualized and and like gaining confidence would be coming of age for for men you think that when dudes hit puberty they become self-actualized that is the complete reverse of what happens in high school that every dude who who hit puberty early turned into a dick and got girls 
and and because they like like that was how it worked. I think you people like you and me didn't understand that. Well, and and for in my case, it was because I was a late bloomer, which is to say, my dick didn't ever get big. Never bloomed. Yeah, it was frost on those petals. You know. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I didn't see it as the analog personally. I, I thought it was like a different thing. Oh man, um, that bums me out big time. But now, ha- me having described it so eloquently and like really like laying, and it then all also out. like the the uh, analysis that it's like instead of using the supernatural powers you know herself versus arnie using supernaturals to imbue the car with life like i guess that's just goes into not being super clear in the movie of like where the supernatural powers are coming from because i assumed it's coming from the car you know that's what the i car said itself is that's evil. that's specifically what i said <clears throat> like and be, and and so kind of the way i um yeah, the car has the power in this movie, but Arnie is able to and like dudes don't have that I don't I don't know how to say this without offending people, but uh these are so these are just my beliefs. Like dudes don't have that real strong like inner energy that that women do. Um that's a, like kind of uh that's that's kind of like able to be on your own. You need people. You need things. You need you need your work. You need like you need all this shit um, in a way that that's really pathetic, kind of. And so you don't have that like innate power. So how do you tap into it? You work on things that do have that power, right? So like your relationship with women. Um, if you can if you can hone a craft, a skill, um, then then you're able to tap into that power. And so like. He's tapping into like that feminine energy in the car um, and and therefore kind of like gaining access to to magic kind of thing. That's kind of how I was thinking of it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's that's true. Um, But I don't know. I mean, I I feel like the coming of age story, like the the main element of that between all sexes is becoming self-actualized and becoming your own person. And Arnie in this specifically doesn't become his own person. It seems like he's not in control of his personality. It's being dictated by this car. Like he's possessed in a weird way. Um, and I think, cause it's not natural. Like it doesn't, I mean the, the transition between from what Arnie is at the beginning of the movie to, what he is at the end is so sudden like it and so like um counter to what his personality is um and it's not just like his old personality with more confidence it's like literally he becomes a monster i see this happen to guy i saw i've seen this happen to guys though you know like nothing was working for him you know like as a little kid, you know, in, like, elementary school, like, you don't have to be anything, you know? You just have to be a kid because you don't have, like, you. that's all you are. It's just a kid. And then suddenly you start realizing, oh, like, I need a, 
a hitch, you know, like I need a thing. I need a, I need a something, something. And some dudes never find out what that is. Like for me, it was like the clever, funny kid who quoted Simpsons. How did that work out? Like it was a long game as it turned out. As it turned out, that was a long game for becoming a podcaster. Ooh, yeah, it doesn't sound good even now. Um, so, but other guys would 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 be like, "Well, <clears throat> I'm going to work on cars," or you know, "I'm I'm going to metal shop." I'm you know, "I'm going to work out." I'm going to play sports. I'm going to, and then they're fucking all in on that because they realized that whatever they had to offer before wasn't doing it, and now they can now they have a mold, a template that they can follow and just become, you know, it's like, it's like if you watch one of those, one of those doc, one of those Woodstock 99 documentaries and you just see this sea of, of dudes who look just like Eminem, you know, uh, <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, the dudes just aren't, they're just not very creative, not very good at this whole thing, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, just wife beaters and and uh, and bleached hair, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, but I mean uh, that's uh, yeah. I mean it's a different thing. Like you're right. Like this, it's an al- an analogy for um, yeah, dudes getting. I don't know. It's almost it almost feels like um an analogy for uh uh what uh incels become like it's it starts out as like oh it's kind of pathetic nerdy guy and then all of a sudden it turns dark turns dark and they get like really aggressive and then like artificially confident around women and masculinity and you're like dude you're describing teenage guys it's to me it's just like i mean i i None of my friends were like this. Like I, I, this was not did not describe me. It does not describe my friends, and maybe that's why I'm, we were kind of felt different. Cause I like, feel like yeah, I feel like you're missing just this just this little jumper cable, like to, to like like okay. So okay, well, no. first of all, like my main group of friends that I like knew since elementary school, like we were pretty. Um outside of the normal distribution when it comes to personality i think same and then and then the other group of friends where i had male friends were all in choir so it's not no one was in football you know no one was <laughs> there's a couple football guys in, in choir but no one was really like the you know hyper masculine like getting into you know puffing out their chest mode so it's not i didn't see it it wasn't my experience um my my guy friends were pretty laid back too gay um and then but i mean i have seen plenty of those guys i just not i feel like that's not necessarily the the normal avenue for you know the pathway towards maturity, you know, I guess, it, I guess, I guess it boils down to what you mean by normal, because 
because so many people don't reach maturity. <laughs> like, like it's more normal not to. Well, yeah, I mean that's why I say like, like that's why it seems like yeah, it's like the pathway for incels. It's like, oh, you've you've a, decided to go off of the the beaten path into the most like destructive and like it's not self-actualized it's like self um i don't know obsession or self like implosion well i mean around like a specific you know desires and needs and like putting your worldview around that i think that i think the real okay so like sure um i think the reality uh like in real life things are much more mundane generally speaking like in movies you have to like play up the extremes right because it's a movie like you have to you have to make it interesting but in reality like it's not like an extremist sort of thing it's much more boring it's like i'm gonna sit at home and eat cheetos and and play world of warcraft um but uh and 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 have some opinions that are Mm, not great but uh or great you know either way and that that is the road to either like becoming self-actualized or not like but uh and i you know i gotta say just a side note just a tangent this thing where where we label people where we're like that's an incel it's probably not a good thing just gonna throw that out there they label themselves i mean it's not not right and how's that working out (laughs) is that going good are we gonna i mean it's, I'm not labeling them. They're self-labeled, and they like have no. Their own this is not. It's stuff. not an attack on you. This is just like a PSA. This is just me being like, hey, you know, when you make people other, then they become more other. That's all I'm saying. Sure. Yeah, like, I can. I can get on board with that. Yeah. But there's categories. Yeah. To say that we shouldn't categorize people is like, yeah, but there are categories. That's and true. there's definitely characteristics for, you know. There's a normal distribution for certain opinions and personality types, and there's a interesting, uh, interesting phenomenon around people that would identify themselves as incels. And uh, I, I mean, I, I would say, like, if you look at Arnie in this movie and you put him up against, like, okay, let's just in your mind's eye conjure up, like an average normal um like whatever that means you know teenage guy you know going through you know his period of you know late high school and and figuring out who he is going to be as an adult versus um uh someone that would self-identify as an incel and go through the changes between like being a you know a little bitter and panicking to like being the alpha incel that would like lead internet discussions or fair have point. like a fair point a podcast who would arnie be more like and i'd say the latter fair point fair point <laughs> i'd like to say that I'm... so it's kind of interesting that this dumb fucking movie uh, is able to spawn this level of, <laughs> but as it turns out, if you just touch on something it, like 
men. And then then Bryce and David are like, I know something about this. I'm not totally stupid about this. And we're like, uh, you know, the thing about incels is, uh, you know, and then it goes and, on and on. And, and the, the real take home for the audience is just run, boy, run, run for your life, boy, boy. Yeah, I think actually if, if we want to analyze it around anything, the best way to analyze it is this movie is just full of Stephen King character cliches <laughs> like i've seen every one of these characters in other stephen king stories like the bullies are straight oh, from it straight like uh, and and carrie to be fair and carrie um the main character is straight from the stand uh or i mean vice versa i guess like this this came first but like there's definitely a stephen king archetype of a real archetypal nerd becoming like a greaser <laughs> like kind of asshole or just like a leather clad asshole in the case of the stand um and yeah that's uh, like those two archetypes are like huh i guess stephen king likes that thing and the car is this big unstoppable force that kind of like kind of like uh uh, you know, Pennywise, it, it comes in there and is like... Chompa Chompa! Comes in there with Chompa energy. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And you know what? To be honest with you, I was a little let down at the end. Um, because we didn't get to see the car fly in front of the moon. You know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, if the car can do all this bullshit, why can't it also fly? Like, I thought for sure we were heading in that direction. Uh, but uh, but no, it's just a car that can buff itself out really well. Um, so let's get into the movie. Let's let's go through it a little bit here. So we're on the movie starts out on the assembly line in Plymouth within a Chrysler factory in the 50s. We get to see the car getting built and uh and we know the car's bad because the car has shifty eyes um it bites this <laughs> exactly it bites this man on the fingers it's like oh. and uh with its hood and the man's like oh no my fingers ah i was i was two days away from accepting my new job as the as the um as the as showing my fingers for being a hand model um and uh, anyway, so that's how we know the car's bad. Uh, <clears throat> and then, uh, oh man, okay, dumpstick talk. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then we kind of like fast forward to the late seventies, uh, seventy nine, and uh, and we get to see Arnie's uh, Arnie's friend, uh, whose name is Dennis. Um, and Dennis is just kind of like a well-rounded young man. He's, he's not quite a nerd. He's not quite a jock. He's somewhere in between, but the point is he's Arnie's good friend. Um, and he's, he's kind of his protector. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of like, uh, like we've been friends our whole life. I see that you're not fitting into this teenage wasteland as, as much as me. Uh, so I'm going to help. Uh, where I can because we've been friends. I love you. And he pulls up with his Mustang to Arnie's house and it's such an 80s thing because Arnie's mom comes out and she 
and you know he's got just fucking just just music just nothing it's not like he's got fucking black sabbath like cranking out of his out of his mustang but he's just got music playing at a reasonable level <laughs> and arnie's mom comes out and she's like you might as well you know that's sound pollution you might as well be tox- dumping toxic waste on our lawn and I, all i can think is can you imagine okay i have kids can you imagine saying that to a kid and expecting them to be like embarrassed or feel bad? I just if if I said that to a kid, I'd be like, "You're setting them up to look cool." <laughs> it's like such a such a beta move. To, it, yeah, you know, we she's... should throughout the course of this episode, we should become incels. <laughs> it won't be that hard to do. Uh, mission accomplished. <laughs> and we're there been married for 15 years of course i'm involuntarily sub- <laughs> celibate marriage jokes ha. <laughs> <laughs> high five yeah. <laughs> um, that was horrible <laughs> yeah the mother yeah it's definitely like an 80s thing where the parents are just over the top assholes to to arnie um to where it's like, no, he can't make any decisions himself. And so, like, that kind of sets it up as, like, you know, for the, f- you know, two minutes where you see Arnie between being the victim and being a complete asshole for the rest of the movie. There's, like, two minutes where he's like, oh, it seems like he's getting a little more confidence in himself. Like, for those two minutes, you're cheering for him. You're like, oh, good for him. And then the next scene, he's just the the world's largest asshole. Just like, just prolapsed asshole of Arnie. Um, it's, but, okay, anyway, so, okay, so there's another super Stephen Kingy thing throughout this, and that is the um, uh, teenager to teenager banter. Uh, hypersexualizing, uh, kids which is not i mean in this case you know high school kids this kind of thing happens a lot but uh these these fellas are constantly just just got their tongues wagging out for all these hot girls and saying things like i want to have deep meaningful sex with her and it's like it's such a it's i mean it just i i just remember high school so much no, that's that's very accurate. Yeah, very <laughs> that's accurate. Very, no matter like what what a male group you're in, you were talking this away about girls, <sighs> definitely. Yeah, I mean, it never really stopped, really. Um, yeah. Then uh, refer then we, to our past podcast episodes <laughs> for confirmation. We then we get to see the most stereotype. Like everything else about this movie is just. Completely, I, I mean, this is the super stereotypical movie. Um, it has a super stereotypical bullies. Oh my god, they're pushing the stereotypes so hard. Like, we have a a full grown thirty five year old adult male, um, in a wife beater with uh with with uh with a fucking switchblade, um, beating up kids in front of his teacher. You know, uh, as the bully with just unbridled hatred hatred for anything good like 
if somebody gets laid out on the football field and there's a chance that they could be injured for life, you can hear him and see him whooping and hollering in the background. Yeah! Jock got fucking uh, paraplegic. Woo! And it's like, oh, like the grossest, nastiest bullies you can possibly imagine who literally just want your life. They just want you dead. Like they just really, they would kill you if it, if, if they thought they could get away with it. Um, and then again, the carry, the carry through line here, the teacher puts his hands on a student, one of these bullies and is like, ah, you know, he's like, fuck you, you know? And I'm like, oh, so I got, maybe is it a, is it a Stephen King it's a, thing? It's a generational thing. Like a, teachers yeah. used to kick his asses. I think a little more, like, like that was. You would not get sued for touching a child. Back in the seventies, explains a lot, doesn't it? Like now, teachers aren't able. Like if a if a kid is like fighting another kid, it's it's like. I think even then, like teachers will question, like, should I be? Grabbing him and pulling him off, or else am I going to get in trouble for that? Dude, you know? it has swung. It has swung too far in the other direction at this point. Like, if okay, so it's fucking crazy as shit. If you okay, if somebody walks up to you, if you're a student in school and somebody walks up to you and clocks you in the face, and you just lie there and like go my face, you get fucking suspended. Yeah, the whole zero tolerance thing is the most R-worded, sorry, the mo- fart, edit that out, is the most retarded, like, phenomenon ever, like, and everyone can agree with it that it's the stupidest thing ever, and it's, like, going to, and has produced just a... Just a generation that can't handle reality on reality's terms. It's, it, it is, it is, it's so insane to think that, number one, you can't fight back. But not even just not be able to fight back. You can't have an act of violence done against you without you also being in trouble. That's, that's so obviously absurd, right? That's one of the few cool things about living in Washington State. Uh, aside from the immense natural beauty and just it being a, a pretty cool place, um, it's also a, a right-to-fight state. Um, if you and somebody else on the street are like, you want to you wanna fucking go, bro? Then, then uh, you have, a, you have a, a verbal agreement at that point to... Just almost murder each other in the street. <laughs> you and 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 that is okay. Like if you're both like we're gonna fight now, we're throwing down. That's that's totally okay in uh, in Washington State. And the police will not interject uh, unless I don't know. There's probably some something about that. Anywho, um, yeah. So maybe maybe we need okay we okay. There's got to be some middle ground in between teachers molesting kids and kids being able to, you know, get hit in the face and not get in trouble, right? There has to be some middle ground there is all I'm saying.
Um, so we move on. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what's his face is driving Arnie home. Dennis is uh, driving Arnie home uh, from school in his super cool Mustang, by the way. Uh, one day, and Arnie sees Christine all fucking beat up. He sees this uh, 1957, 58, 59. It's uh, there's a lot of different years of car there. That this is actually an amalgamation of a car, according to some of the stuff that I read. Um, of a couple different models, a couple different years, but he sees this car in uh, in a creepy old man's yard, and uh, he becomes enamored with it immediately. And he walks over to it, and he's uh, and he's he he just needs to buy it, and so uh, he does. Um, uh, but and everybody is everybody is so fucking upset at him for having bought this car. Another f- very strange move. Um, and by the way, like, let's not like glance over the fact that he made a deal to buy this, this car that still ran, it was a beater, but it still ran for $250. A little, I mean, I know what to expect, so it didn't hurt that bad, but it does sting a little bit, right? Do actually, you have some recent experience with this, um, do you want to tell your car sales story? Your recent uh Oh yeah, I mean we've we had our um our just say I, mean, I I got to calculate the inflation from what year was this supposedly 1979? By the way, while he's doing that, if you guys um if you guys didn't know, we have a YouTube channel. You can see us and like um, our producer Fart Simpson uh, has been uh, has been producing our episodes and making super funny uh, edits uh, to what would normally just be our ugly mugs. So check us out over on YouTube and uh, go ahead and subscribe over there because that helps us out a lot. So so th- adjusted for inflation, uh, $250.79 um, this year would be about $1,100. Doesn't that hurt a little bit, that much inflation? Like 500% inflation? It's, I mean, that's the thing. It's just, inflation I'm not worried about, like uh, average income is the part <laughs> that that hurts. Like, uh, who cares if inflation rises if if wages rise too but yeah i mean now now that you look at that it's like um his friend's comment of like it's probably worth like 50 bucks that would be about 200 dollars in today's dollars and if i were to come across a completely haggard 30 year old car that still kind of ran 20 year old car um yeah, I mean, two hundred to three hundred dollars would probably be like what I would haggle for, you know. Funnily enough, uh, yeah. good good segue into your story. So yeah, so we've we've had a couple cars like just sitting in our parking or in our uh, driveway for a couple of years now. Like I stopped, I literally just stopped driving um, the one car that I what was it so we had we had a sedan that was sitting in the in the driveway and i had kind of stopped driving that like because one of the tires 
air got low and we had another we had another van and so i just kind of like transitioned to that one and just thinking that i was going to eventually just you know fix the tire or whatever and, and get it but by the time i was going to do that the battery had died and it was like and eh, now this is a thing i'll just keep driving the van and then covid happened and i just stopped driving completely and then the van battery died as well so now we just we're using one van because i just never drive anywhere so it doesn't even matter um but it, they'd been sitting out there for i mean now a couple of years and it was like obviously we don't need them um i don't want to go through the effort of spending money to you know fix them up to running condition i mean i didn't even yeah I, it'd probably be whatever I put into it to make sure that they're like up to snuff running would probably not equal. I mean, it would probably almost equal how much I could sell them for. But you, you were know? approached by a hungry young Jippo. <laughs> they don't like being called that, but yes, he he came and uh, there was a guy that was pretty adamant about buying the cars, and at this. At this point, I was like, I was already concerned just donating them to one of these, like, donate your junkers, you know, we'll come tow it away for free, and you'll get a, you know, a voucher for charity or whatever, and I was like at that point where it was like, it's just a sunk cost at this point, and he came and, um, like, didn't make an offer but I think I said, like, um, I think each of them, if you're, like, to run the Kelly Blue Book at, like, the fair, which is, like, the lowest um, quality you can you can run it at, it was, like, both of them are probably valued supposedly around $1,100. And I was, like, so he was, so I said, like, you can have both of them for $1,100, you know. And he was like, what if, and he was do, going into the whole sales thing where he's like, well, you know, this is, you just want them off your hands and like, you know, just, it's been all, all this stuff. And he was, and the true thing was I was going to accept whatever he said as a counter because <laughs> it was like, and so he was like, I'll take him for $600. And I was like, sold. <laughs> I didn't even counter the counter because I was like. I would give them to you for $50, but I don't want him to know that. So sold them for $600. Like, I think they had to, I'm not real sure, but I, they might've had to tow them away. We found out like that the van had its catalytic converter stolen. <laughs> we didn't even know. So, uh, that was all after, it was sold. Like I had the money and you didn't even know that the catalytic converter was stolen out of a car that was sitting in your drive right on the street. Right. Oh, that's funny. This guy's like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're like, I... <laughs> right. So, I mean, I, uh, yeah. I felt good about the entire thing. Like, I don't know. Oh, man. Oh, man. Because the, the sedan definitely needed new tires. 
Um, and you like both of them need a new battery. And, oh, they, they and that both that's of at them, minimum. Both of and, them had yeah. Both of them had mice living in them for sure. A hundred percent. Like I mean, I mean that's just what happens to cars when you leave them sitting. That they they go oh a dry place that's out of the elements and then they just live in them. Right. So, anyways. His problem. It was a great feeling, just like realizing, like, oh yeah, this. And they like sat in the driveway for probably about two weeks after he bought him to to get him to figure out how to take him. And I was like, well, this is a weird position where it's like, are you gonna take your cars off of my driveway that have been sitting there for two years? Like, can I really be uppity about it? I'm like, eh, who cares? Like, I'll just. I love this story because it's it's like quintessential Bryce, which is like, I'm not going to do anything about this unless something happens. <laughs> and then something comes along and happens, and he's like, I'm not going to let him know how low he can go. I just, like, see where he goes. He's, Let's start the bidding at eleven hundred dollars. Six hundred. Sold. <laughs> it's like it's like it's it's a and it all works out, you know? It's like right. it's all positive a positive flow towards you anyway, so great. You you get the cars removed that you would have had to do things with like if you had done a day ahead of this guy showing up and you'd have like gotten a truck to do yeah, it's just a lot. Anyway, cars are a big hassle. And uh, and Arnie is willing to take on that burden, uh, which is which is what young men, I think, need. They need a direction. They need something to um, to focus on, to obsess over. And uh, and it usually goes pretty good um, when that happens, when when a kid, when a when a young man uh, has something to focus on and obsess over. As long as it's like a car that, that we're good. You know, sometimes it can it can go kind of weird. It can get kind of weird. It can turn into like weapons, you know, stalking, stalking people. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes it turns into like, you know, girls. Mm. Yeah. Stalking girls, Ma- you know, mass murder. Yeah. You know, lots of lots of different ways it could go bad. Yeah. Leading a country, leading general. a country to the Holocaust. You know, it, right. it, can, it, can, it can go a little south. But uh, in Arnie's case, it it appears to just be, you know, just good old-fashioned uh, wrenching. And so he gets in there. His parents are like, we we do not want that in the driveway. No, you cannot you cannot park that here. So which force? Which is the fucking weirdest flex you can possibly imagine. Like, your boy has shown enough, like, enough, like, uh, resourcefulness and uh and moxie to go make the money buy buy a car outright and then oh we got a call on the hmt line what is this he he's shown enough he's shown enough resourcefulness to like make this whole transaction happen and now you're gonna be you're gonna basically punish him for it so arnie like rightfully is kind of like okay fuck you he finds like the we this is the weirdest like I wonder if this is a thing that we just don't know about anymore but this garage where that is like simultaneous it this this place that Arnie goes to to park his car and work on it I think might be a relic from the past that doesn't exist anymore did because it's basically what it is is it's like this is where you get to park your car your heap like 
This is a place for working men to park their car that needs constant maintenance. Because back then, in the 80s, in the 70s, cars needed, they broke down all the time. And now cars just don't kind of don't break down anymore. So I like that. I, I, I wasn't sure about what this p- garage was. Well, exactly. yeah, I feel like the, the garage is like it's, first of all, like a auto repair shop. And so it's an auto repair shop, but also it has like a, a junkyard attached, which is like, I mean, you can find kind of find these like auto repair shops that also have like a parking lot full of junkers that you know the owner or something is going to fix up and and resell or whatever um so this is kind of an extension of that of actually having a full junkyard um available the yeah the weird thing is like the fact that he can just drive his car and just park it is is weird that i mean see this is one of those things that's just not filled out and i assume there's a backstory in the in the novel or there's like an explanation that's just never explained in the movie which is like some kind of previous relationship with this owner but even then it's like the owner approaches him and is like you think you can just like park here and get like free parts and shit like what is this like and then comes to an agreement with him which is a pretty great scene because he's like no, listen, like you do a little work, push a push a broom around the shop, like change the fucking toilet paper. And it's like, oh, so do almost nothing and I get to use any parts from your junkyard and fix up my car and not pay rent for this storage. And he's like, mm, let me think about it. I'm like, motherfucker, this <laughs> asshole. <laughs> like no, it's like good... my reaction to it was the owner's reaction of like, well, don't think too hard about it. Like, what else? <laughs> what is your alternative, asshole? But it's it's a it's a strangely young man thing to do. And to, yes, like, it is. Say the wrong thing. Like, right. be like, I'll consider. It's like I'm. This isn't an option. I'm not optioning this to you. Like, you can fuck off if you don't take this deal. The the only element I love everything that you said. The only element of this whole thing is like there's a poker table. That's constantly full at this garage of working fellas, you know, like that's the element of this where I'm like, what is this place? What what is this place? You know, like and it's a vast garage, like a big. Yeah, it's a warehouse. Like I've never seen a like a car repair place that looked like a literal warehouse, like an industrial warehouse. Parking stations filled with toolboxes. You know, and I'm like, I love this place. Like, I I want to be a part of this place. I could learn things at this place. These guys know stuff and they call you shithead and and like grease monkey. And then uh, they spit on you. And maybe sometimes they, they'd, you know, take you out back, you know, and have their way with you, which would be great. Um, so the um, <laughs> yeah, so then we have Arnie fixing up the car. And the car transforms into a beautiful, beautiful. Uh, yeah, there's no like. Here, let me let me give John Carpenter a, a little bit of a pointer here. Like John Carpenter from the early '80s. Let me teach you about filmmaking. Um, there's a thing called montages that can really connect between like 
one timeline in the story to another. And these would have been really helpful, like showing a montage of the car being fixed or at least like showing that it fixed itself somehow. Um, because it goes from being just a wreck to showing up just completely cherry, you know, to, to distracting to a distracting degree. And Arnie goes from being still kind of a loser that's gaining confidence to uh, Mr. Mr. Steelio girl instantly. Like, literally, he steals his friend's, like, girl that he's trying to go after. And it's to a distracting degree to the characters within the movie. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, shocked. Fuck? Everybody's like, what the <laughs> shit? <laughs> yeah, it's a real neck snapper. Everybody is like, what are the... You know, you know what happened? The the missing scene, I bet there's a deleted scene where uh, where Arnie invents a transmogrifier like uh, Steve Urkel did in Family Matters. And he walks in, Steven, and then walks out, Stefan. Like, that's what happened with Arnie. Like, Arnie walks in, Arnie, and he walks out, Arnold. <laughs> but they just cut out that scene. It seemed, you know people weren't ready for it dude that uh that's that's that would explain a lot uh about the movie that i watched i mean maybe this wasn't the the theatrical release maybe this just got cut down for maybe we watched the commercial edited version um yeah and so arnie shows up at a football game yeah just as the fawns basically he just turns he just turns from a geek to to a a literal greaser like, yeah literally he walked out off the set of grease <laughs> and uh and he's got the hot 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 new girl as his girlfriend <laughs> and uh they're necking around at the football game by the way at the football game um <clears throat> his his buddy dennis the cool kid um gets killed basically yeah, like bodied he, he gets fucking yeah he gets fucking turned into a paraplegic like he's it is not good like he and uh it's kind of the scenes between arnie and his friend as his friend is in the hospital are just like the other the other part of it is just like so confused and you're like what are you doing with this character it's just like arnie is instantly an asshole is like <laughs> so can't use your legs huh <laughs> Anyways, I gotta go work. I gotta go wrench on my car, buddy. He's like, I brought you a six-pack of beer to drink, fellow high school student in hospital bed, and we will crack them right here, right now, in front of these yeah. adults. Um, and his friends are like, his friends like, yeah, I mean, that's really nice. I can't actually use have use of my arms right now. Crack over the beer, pussy. <laughs> Oh, pour it on top of you. There, you like that? Gotta go. My hot girlfriend's waiting in the in my fucking awesome car. You know that girl that rejected you? Yeah, I'm fucking her now. Okay, see you, buddy. Bye. See you, bye. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait. Anyway. Um, Hope you enjoy your limericks. <laughs> I got you this fucking book from the library. You like that place, right? Geek? Um... <laughs> And uh, yeah, and, and so, then he hits a jukebox and it starts playing pow! George Thorogood. Yeah, on the, 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and at this point, we also get to see Christine starting to fulfill her need for blood. Um, she uses she needs to uh, she needs to oil me up, daddy, with her with with people's blood. And this is actually kind of the it sounds so this on its face. It sounds so stupid. A car that kills people. Right. You're like, that's dumb. That just on its face. That's dumb. As it turns out. That's the fucking super coolest part of this movie, uh, strangely enough, is this car hunting people down, doing massive damage to itself, and then, like, reversing the footage to, like, undo the dents. Like, this footage of Christine being like, I'm gonna fucking murder you with my car hood, and then I'm gonna crash, I'm gonna crash through things, and we're gonna bonk you. And then watching, like, her buff herself out, so satisfying. I, I, you could make a ha- an hour-long movie of just Christine, like, undoing the damage to herself, and I'd be like, this is a good movie. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good uh, example of, like, yeah, you can tell it's evil because it's got squinty eyes. Um, very, very, like, cinematic of, like, imbuing meaning- on a inanimate object. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just from camera angles and sound and music and stuff. It's really effective. Like, this actually... Man, I might need to follow this this one up next week with uh, Rubber. Because, like... Mm. Rubber is another one of these where it's playing on this idea of, like... Christine is making an inanimate object, like, have personality and ill intent and and all this stuff and it's all anthropomorphizing yeah through this like unique you know cinematic storytelling style and rubber is like the meta-analysis of that where it's just a tire and it has the (laughs) has like the kind of the greek chorus audience commentating on it throughout the throughout the whole thing um and so it's it's fun from that aspect and and yeah it's probably the best part of the movie is seen is the the car as the character of killing people and it again it doesn't really have any rhyme or reason like does it have control over whether the girlfriend chokes on a bite a burger like i don't know it seems like it does somehow um yeah. it's like hey you're going to choke now and she's like <laughs> yeah it's a little darth vadery yeah um, but yeah, and the, the the best scenes are like when it's running after the bullies and and fucking shit up. Yeah, because like there is a scene where it's going after the bullies and it like lights on fire and it's just I mean it's it's badass. It's just yeah. fucking awesome. It's just like oh this is awesome. Like this is yeah. some of the coolest cinematic visuals I've ever seen. See the the part that was missing for me, and this this would definitely be cliche, but it would make it more satisfying, because um, cliches just work that way. I was assuming it was going to be Arnie, like obsesses over the car, gets wrapped up in it, doesn't realize like what's going on with the car of like he just not realizing that it's killing other people. But then you know what it is like it would be the cliche of uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Where it's like you're nurturing it, like it get, got out of hand, and then the the ending is 
realizing that like oh no now it needs to kill things that i love you know kill my friend and my girlfriend or my family and that doesn't really happen or when it happens arnie's 100 percent on board with it he's like he's 100 percent like me and christine are gonna live our life together and we'll be happy <laughs> away from the haters it's a super like look i've said it before i'll say it again stephen king impressive work ethic lots of cocaine lots of substances but that doesn't make for great stories you know what that makes for is lots of stories lots and lots that are not well thought out and don't have a, like a strong meaning like this isn't fucking lord of the rings this isn't the bible this is fucking christine you know and uh and if this you know it's just gonna it's just gonna result in some weird bullshit that you did not doesn't make a lot of sense it's cool to look at kind of um but there are there are some like arnie's character like here, here's the thing like my my wife watched this with me and she was like this guy's a bad actor and i was like no this is exactly the type of acting that you need for this story which is like he's obsessed to the point of like insanity and so he's like making rash decisions and and like being an asshole in a way that like he doesn't have control over like you know he's got this girl that he wants to fuck obviously and she calls him and like i'm concerned about you and he's like well you should suck my dick bitch <laughs> it, yeah it's baffling choices and i could see why you might think it would be bad acting but really the script is not strong and the direction is not great um, I think ultimately it boils down to just Stephen King, you know, it's just like, it's just not good source material and it's going to take a lot of work to buff it out, so to speak. Um, yeah. And the end is just your stereotypical, like we need to stop the car. We got a bulldozer. We're going to smash it up. Like we're going to like, we're just going to turn it into a cube and then the cube will wiggle menacingly like, mm you know like like uh it's just it's it's very stereotypical cookie cutter ending i mean they should have melted the ending should have been they melted it down into like a, a series of paperweights and then the paperweights started wiggling yeah like um yeah no like they put it on a chain and as the chain's going down into the lava it's gives you a thumbs up like this like terminator <laughs> 2 yeah uh, yeah it was it was dumb um it was definitely dumb but i mean what do you expect you you started watching a movie about a car that kills people yeah that this is this is the best possible outcome for that it right doesn't get any better than that arguably does it i, I guess, don't know maximum overdrive I don't have. Have you seen that? I don't know, I haven't, I've never seen it. Well, I guess rubber. <laughs> I guess rubber is the best you could rubber? see about that. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. It's not a full car. It's not the same. Yeah. No. It's just a tire. Yeah. It's a different subgenre. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the like one of the original members of the Facebook group is that guy that would keep submitting? Okay. Artwork the, of. Maximum I'm so Overdrive? glad you brought that up. I almost forgot. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, we're not hating. We're not casting shade. We're very grateful for all of our listeners. But I'm, I'm going to tell everybody a story. Listen, okay, so first of all, 
If you're listening to Horror Movie Talk and you don't know about the Facebook group, it's because we stopped promoting it for a long time. But uh, but the Facebook group is uh, Horror Movie Talk Facebook group is a fucking fabulous place. And when we started it, it was small. And now it's a it's a decent sized place. And there's a lot of memes and good times to be had. And, you know, if you if you want help finding a movie that you can't remember what it was called, you saw it once when you were seven and it's got this and that great place to go for all that kind of thing. Recommendations, yada, yada. At the start of the group, there was a very select few people. And one of them was a man who was strangely obsessed with cars. Wow, this is sounding... Was it Arnie? (laughs) But specifically the movie Maximum Overdrive. Like, that's what most of the... And he would post illustrations of, like, dubious dubious quality. Like, I'm not going to say they're bad, but they weren't good. And uh, most of them were... He was honing his craft. Yeah, he was honing his craft on our Facebook group. But uh, without commentary, without context, without any other interaction in the group, he would just post doodles of maximum overdrive or cars over and over again. And uh, the, the, no, he sometimes he would like throw out like weird lines that were very like. Uh, little schizoy like um you know it would be maybe a little disturbing but uh but i think i don't think he he meant uh any harm it was just uh you know it was just interesting and uh yes this fella came to my mind multiple times um just because it was it was something else if anybody can delve deep enough far enough back uh in the group to actually find these posts i would be very impressed um, but anyway, if you haven't heard of the F- Horror Movie Talk Facebook group, great place. Um, you should go check it out. And uh, it's got a storied history at this point, which is interesting. Um, final recommendations. Who would like this? You know, it's John Carpenter doing Stephen King, uh, which turns out questionable. Oh, I think I, I think I might have found it. Hold on. Oh, Let me no see way. If... How? <gasps> oh, my God. Andrew W. Andrew J. Page. Whoa, throwing out the name there. Um, yeah, it's you. Oh, wow, this is yeah. You actually? How did did you just type search it? Did I just you searched it. Searched it. Yeah. Let me, let me see. That's if, actually uh, pretty good illustrations. I think. Yeah, that's not that's not bad. Let me see if I can find his other. If you if you're watching this on YouTube, you get to here see, we go. You get to see. So toss us that subscription. Right I don't there. know how much. Uh, here we go but yeah yeah, these are his posts this is christine yeah oh my god dude this is fucking brilliant oh man oh man but yeah just lots of and you gotta i mean is he still you gotta check the you gotta check the date september 13th september 13th September 13th. These are all on the same day. Is he still a member? Um Andrew, listen. We need more we need more pictures. I don't care what they're of. Uh but I need you to post more, buddy, because I really miss this shit. Uh, I if you will you will see that I liked a lot of these. Um They used to have mo- another Mac movie. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, Andrew, if you can start posting again, uh, that would be great. Uh, if you can, if you're still listening, I really appreciate you. And uh, and yeah, if you want to call into the show, call us at six eight two two five three four four six eight. You know what? Now now we are going to do a little bit with that I like to call taglines. <laughs> Taglines. And taglines is a little bit where we come up with funny, interesting, old, new, cringy, good, bad taglines for the movie um, that we are reviewing. So in this case, we're going to be coming up with new taglines for the movie Christine. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. It makes sense. This movie had 11 taglines written for it. Do Jesus. you re- do you realize that? I did not realize. 11. That. Um and we will go into those afterwards. Um go ahead uh with yours, I think. Okay. Um Christine. This car could be systematic. <laughs> Hydromatic. Traumatic. Why well, could be Grease Lightning? Grease Lightning. Get some overhead. Yes. Wow. Bryce killing it. Um, <laughs> that's from Grease. Christine, you've heard of the P- Plymouth Prowler? Well, this is the Plymouth Growler. <laughs> that was horrible. Oh my God. It's actually Plymouth Fury. Remember how big how big of a deal the P- Plymouth Prowler was? Yeah. That was okay. Like My dad almost bought a Plymouth Prowler. I'm not lying. Like he was he was pretty close to it and probably the only thing that kept him from it was the practicality. I, I'm my jaw. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Bryce's dad was deceptively uh rich and powerful. Um <laughs> like there's not really a way for me to describe how rich you'd have to be to buy a Plymouth Prowler, but very few of them exist. Um, uh, very few. I mean, it wasn't crazy expensive. Like, it wasn't, like, insane. Most of it was, like, who would want one? Because it's such a specific car. You know, you, <laughs> what's funny to me is, like, the idea behind Plymouth Prowler I think everyone was behind of like hey yeah let's bring back some old 50 styling and like actually bring in interesting looking cars and they did Plymouth Prowler and then they went directly to the the Plymouth what's the other one Plymouth Prowler I'm thinking of Dave yeah no they uh they went to that uh that uh you know that sad one uh the What's it called? The um, oh, shit. Yeah, it's gonna. This draw. is where. Yeah, this is where my uh, knowledge. Goofy Plymouth car. Let's see here. Goofy. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the. Uh, okay. What is what the fuck is this fucking thing called? Christ. Fuck. Ish. The PT Cruiser. 
the PT Cruiser. But it's not. That's not a Plymouth car. That's a Chrysler car. Which Plymouth and Chryslers are? They're the same. FYI, right. like they're GM cars. Yeah, I went to the Chrysler PT Cruiser, and like that's the only two that they came out with. It's like, and pl- the Prowler. I mean, I'm looking at it now. It it it's still hot looks shit. pretty cool. It's hot yeah. shit, dude. Yeah, I mean, this is. If I was driving down the street in that, like, I would feel cool, you know? You'd be cool. But uh, let's look at PT Cruiser. As it turns out, Prowlers were not that expensive. This was just uh, one of those things where you're a kid and so everything sounds expensive. Right. Yeah, $31,000, but they were extremely limited. It was hard to get your hands on them. Yeah. They, they don't and then just there's the PT Cruiser. <laughs> yeah, and then there's that. Um, one of my favorite Reddit threads is... You can find it by Googling it. It's like, owners of the PT Cruiser, what was the unfortunate <laughs> circumstances that led to you owning a PT Cruiser? And yeah. the and the responses are <laughs> all unfortunate. Like, it's like, my grandma died, and right. I didn't. I was 16 years old, and <sighs> then my grandpa died, and then I inherited a PT Cruiser. And, it, like, every story is just that. Yeah. Um, they're all very funny. Yeah, so I think, like, my dad drove it. He really liked driving it. Um, But there was some, I think, the practicality of not having a big enough trunk to do anything. Like, they sold a trailer for the Plymouth Prowler to even really have a trunk. Um, And then the other part was, like, I think something about the visibility on it was kind of weird. But, like, I was kind of shocked. I was like, wow, I'm... It came really close to buying it. So here, here's like here's like the through line on the Plymouth Prowler. This is like if a if a if a boomer's wet dream could be summarized in a car, <laughs> that's the Plymouth Prowler. You know, <laughs> like it's just it's just the fawns um, in car form. Uh, yeah. So there it is. Okay, um, yeah, that's the Plymouth Prowler. That's here we go. Tagline. Yeah. Is it my turn now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Christine. I haven't seen someone this obsessed about a Christine since the Phantom of the Opera. Christine. Slaps roof of car. This baby can fit so much <laughs> murder inside it. <laughs> uh, Christine. Dude, where's my car? Oh, it's murdering people. <laughs> I went to see I went to see that movie in theaters as a teenager, obviously, and uh-huh. um, and was and I felt cheated then. You know, I was like, no. Um, I mean, it's your fault if you went to Dude, Where's My Car with expectations. True. In my opinion. No, you're you're definitely right. Um, look, I'm not saying I was smart. I just recognize how stupid it was. I deserve some kudos for that. Um. Carrie, too, should have been about her getting her learner's permit and finding this car. Really an observation. I'm sorry. Mm. Okay, this is my last one. Okay. Christine. Mm. Dude's fucking his car, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Christine. Man, Christine's kind of a sexy name, huh? Sure. 
Oh, yeah, you can talk. I mean, the, every female name is sexy if it's attached to a sexy lady. Okay, Bryce. <laughs> okay, uh, Christine. The car with an untwistable stomach. <laughs> and then, finally, uh, Christine. The Michael of cars. There you have it, Christine. This has been a review of a horror movie uh, with with uh, horror movie talk, and we love you very much. Love you long time. Uh, we come out with new reviews every single Wednesday. Make sure to like us, subscribe to us, ring that bell, ding 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 ding. <coughs> I'm gonna die. Share the show with a friend. Support us on Patreon and Amazon. <laughs> Go to our website at horrormovietalk.com and uh, call us at 682-253-4468. You guys, stay classy. We love you very, 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 very much. I don't have the outro, so I'm going to be relying on you to do that, listener. Just think about it in your head <laughs> and uh, and have a good day. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Good day, sir! Good day, sir! You lose! You get nothing! Is that for me? Yes, it is! 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 Wow, that didn't sound good. Nice tits, bitch.